Welcome to the clan! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. We want you to win, and leverage is what you're going to need to get ahead. Nobody's going to drive for you. The good news is you don't need anybody's permission to get your own audience, to create your own cash flow, and to become an artist that makes a living doing what they were born to do. The bad news is you got to do it yourself. And in order to climb up that ladder, you're going to need leverage behind. You're going to need proof that you're doing it. It's not potential anymore. It's proof. And that's why we called it the climb. C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's a brilliant Baxter-dem from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. He had a number one this year on CCM, got a number two right now on CCM. and he- well, Southern Gospel, not quite CCM. Oh, sorry, Southern, Southern Gospel. Southern I'm gospel. sorry, I'm sorry. There's my ignorance right there. Southern Gospel. And Brent, what I love about him is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on a regular basis, he is getting you in front of pros to make relationships because it's all about relationships and to give you opportunities to climb up that ladder and work your way up. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, digitally is a big word. It's complicated. It's all that stuff. But thankfully, Johnny is smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other. Johnny D. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing all right. I'm ready to crank this sucker up, man. I'm excited about today's episode. Yeah, we're going to do another hit song breakdown. That's right. We got such a good reaction from the last hit song breakdown that I thought, well, we should probably do another one. Oh my gosh, this one, I just listened to with Brent before we started the recording, and everything about this is golden. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the production, the arrangements, the vocal, the lyric, the song, the melody, like, forget about it, dude. This is crazy good. Yeah. So this week, we're going to look at Dan and Shay's current single, I Should Probably Go to Bed. And so let's do that today. We're going to dive in and see what songwriting lessons we can pull out to help us write our own hits. Awesome. All right. So before we do that, let's take care of a little Mm -hmm. business. We're always, always, always super proud to be on American Songwriters Podcast Network. This magazine's a brand name, been around since the early 80s, man. Come on. (laughs) I love that. John Bon Jovi was just on the cover. You know it's got to be cool. Like, (laughs) these guys know what they're doing, and we're happy to be a part of it, man. We're so blessed. So thank you to American Songwriter Magazine. Join the Climb community if you haven't done so. This is just a great resource for singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians getting hooked up with co-writes. If you've got marketing questions, gear questions, guitar questions, whatever, like ask in that community and you will get answers and good Mm -hmm. answers. Brent, I don't know that I've ever gone in there when somebody asked a question 
and I come in and there's already a bunch of answers and I disagree with any of them. <laughs> right. You know yeah. what I mean? I might be adding something to something, but I'm not like, no, that's totally wrong. Don't listen to that. Do this. Instead, everybody's dialed in and just openly sharing their experiences. So it's this great like sort of crowdsourcing informational group that's really vibrant and we're really proud of the people that are in there. And we give you opportunities to share your wins. Tell them about yeah, some Yeah, so every week on Wednesday, we have the New Heights post. And so in that group, you can go in there leave a comment about some music-related wins, big or small. We love them all. And here's a couple of recent ones at the time of recording. So Alex Rhodes Show says, I released a new stop-motion video last week, and I'm working on a mashup of two albums from two popular artists that I can target to fans of those artists. Sounds like he's a climber. Yes. It's like a mashup and targeting fans of other – yes. Okay. It's like, like porn for me. Yeah, go. Exactly. <laughs> Kimberly Smoke Copeland says she was finally able to get a photo shoot done for herself and upcoming press releases and awards announcements. So a little bit of delay on that because of the whole COVID thing, safety first, but that's a success for her. Uh, may not be able to get to Nashville at the moment to record, but I'm still doing things to support my career as an independent songwriter. So thanks for letting me share. Well, thank you for sharing. Kimberly Smoke. There we go. All right. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you get all the episodes all in order and you can kind of cherry pick them, but you're not missing something. Make sure you tell a friend about it. That's the best thing, guys. We're commanding a lot of your time here for those of you that are listening to this podcast and you're a lot. Man, it's doing something for you. Turn some other people onto it and make sure to leave a rating and review too. We're trying to get to 200. Mm-hmm. You know, when you tell them what you think, then they, and, and be honest. You know, we want a five star, but hey, we've read the two stars and the one stars too. We got a couple of those. Mm -hmm. We'll get a laugh out of it. Yeah, we got a laugh out of it. And you know what? I remember one of those, we got shamed into better audio. We did. And they were right. Yeah, another one we got challenged to do end up becoming the song title challenge. There you go. That's right. That's exactly right. I forgot about that. So 80 something of those later. (laughs) Well, there we go. So let's get into it. Let's talk about this song. I mean, this is an incredible track. Yeah, so uh, I'm glad I got to turn you on to that, Johnny. So this yeah. song is called I Should Probably Go to Bed. It's by country artist Dan and Shay. And it's written by Dan Smyers, Shay Mooney of the band, and Sean Douglas and Jason Evigan. And I think this song is a great example of a modern pop country power ballad. Yeah. So it's not one of those positive up-tempo, you hear so many times, yada, yada. This is not that, but it's awesome. <laughs> so Right, that's I, right. I guess it's a power ballad, huh? But it's definitely on the verge of mid. Yeah, it's got some groove to it. So it doesn't just lay there. It definitely has power and energy to it. There's no doubt there's a lot of energy in the song. It's just it's not in the that, melody. It's in the melody, the vocal performance, the oof. It just Because there's not a drive and beat behind it. So I guess maybe that would make it feel like it's maybe not like a kind of a mid-tempo thing, but it's just instrumentally very sparse. Very it's all sparse. about the lyric and the melody. And the vocal, yeah. Yeah, and the vocal. That, yeah, and we'll get to that. But first, because I'm a title guy, let's look at the title. I like it. I should probably go to bed. Now, it begs the question, why? why? <laughs> it opens the mood, right? What's this guy thinking? Why is he saying he should probably go to bed? Yep. You know, I've had that thought. I should probably go to bed. But usually because it's late, I'm watching stupid stuff on TV and got Doritos, crumbs in my chest hair. Like, what am I doing with my life? I should go to bed. But it makes you wonder, like, what? what is, again, it opens that loop. Anytime you can do that for a listener or a potential listener or somebody in the music business who's going to see that title, it may be that little extra little question mark that gets them to hit play on yours instead of somebody else's. And it's not a title I've heard before. So it feels fresher. It's got an image in it. It's got a bed. Yeah. 
but also say the title out loud. I should probably go to bed. And listen to how they sing it in the song. It phrases out very naturally. It's not, I should probably go to bed. No, right. I should probably go to bed. You know, it, it, has a nice, bed. it has a nice flow to it, and they sing it like it flows. So it sounds natural and conversational, and that's really important. The title especially doesn't sound written. It just sounds like a guy talking to you. Yeah. But yet it's still fresh. It's got a question mark. It opens a loop. It does conversational. It does it subtly, but it does it well. So, yeah, man, let's start off really looking at the after the title. Let's look at the melody because this is about the melody. I mean, this melody just kills. And I'm a lyricist and I'm saying that. So because I'm a lyricist, I can't go into the whys and the hows of this melody. I just know that it feels perfect. It feels so right. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it doesn't feel written. I was doing a song evaluation earlier this morning for somebody. And there's one part where they just crammed a bunch of stuff into a small amount of space. Like, I got these words I want to say. <laughs> like, I'm going to make it fit. Shoving 10 pounds of sand into five-pound bags. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, well, that doesn't happen here. And really, you're not going to hear it happen on the radio at all. Yeah. Okay. You hear it on work tapes. And you hear it on demos, but you don't hear it on the radio. Every syllable has its place. And so it makes it much more singable. It makes it feel more conversational. It makes it feel not written. It just, this melody, I mean, it feels like it fell from heaven. It doesn't feel like it got written. It just feels like it fell from heaven, like it's always been there. It feels like it stepped off a spaceship wearing the infinity gauntlet, like Thanos saying, I am inevitable. That's what this melody feels like to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boom. What do you, okay, there it is. And that's kind of how you want yourself to feel like. I mean, it's surprising. It's not like it feels inevitable, meaning I know what it's going to do, because they're definitely, first time you hear it, these surprising moments, like, oh, wow, they did that and they went there. So it holds your attention. It doesn't just do the same thing. It's not predictable, but it also feels right and feels perfect. Yeah. And that, again, I'm a lyricist. I don't know how you do that, but dang, they did it. Dang. They did it. They did it. Am I getting ahead of you if we talk about the production for a second? Uh, No, let's go ahead and talk about the production. So I just had this conversation today with a new artist that I'm thinking about working with and that I hope I get to work with. We've been kind of courting, I guess, and Mm -hmm. it's a rock artist. He's young and good, Mm -hmm. but talking about less is more. Yeah. Less is more, which almost sounds like a cliche thing to say, but this, if you want to understand what less is more means, then listen to this song front to back Mm -hmm. and what makes the bridge so powerful? What makes the end, not the very end of the song, but the build up to the denouement of the song so powerful is that it wasn't before, right? Mm -hmm. Or it wasn't as big as that before. It started out with a piano playing, bling, 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 bling. And then he's singing, right? Mm -hmm. Then they start to build the track with the background vocals coming in to add a little movement, a little energy, but you don't have like a big backbeat going on on a drum kit or a bass driving or anything like that. And it's all about this melody. And then because they were so judicious and so sparing in the way, and by the way, they were allowed to do this because the song is so freaking good. Yeah. I mean, they know who the star of the show is. The star of the show is that melody. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, get everything else the frick out of the way. And that's what they picked with the production of it, for sure. Yeah, and just get everything out of the way. Let this happen. Which one is singing? Uh, Dan, Mooney? I believe. Or, or Shay? Okay. I think it's Dan. 
No, they. I always get them confused. I don't know. I, but d- ridiculous. Like a ridiculous voice. It's so good. But then it allows them to let that breathe and build up. And when they hit it, man, when they hit that super heavy part in the bridge, mm-hmm. you know what I pictured in my head was, you remember MTV, when it first came out, all they had for commercials was the Maxell tape commercials? <laughs> And that dude's sitting in the chair with sunglasses oh, on and it's just hair's getting, hair's blown, getting back. blown back. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what happens on the bridge. Yeah. But it doesn't work if you've got too much going on before the bridge. You yeah. know what I mean? So they set it up so beautifully. Let's just say, save a little something for the honeymoon. Yeah, man. I don't know who produced that, but they nailed it. Killed it. Yeah. I mean, they know who the star of the show is. Production is really good. You have a few songs like that, like The House Who Built Me. Mm-hmm. was very super sparse production yeah. Uh, because the emotion and what you're talking about is so just killer. It's in the lyric and the melody. It's in the yeah. lyric and the melody and the emotion of it. It's like all that stuff. They're like, get out of the way. I mean, not every song can do that. Most songs can't do that because they're just not built that way. They don't have that melody. They don't have that heart to it. And that's fine, man. So you got to know what you're dealing with. Can we talk about that for a second? I just thought of something. Mm-hmm. Tell me if you think I'm wildly off base here. So here with the Dan and Shay song, we have this amazing melody. That's mm-hmm. the star of the show. Like you said, that's the star of the show. I think you could argue that as strong as the lyric is in this song, the melody's stronger. Yeah. It, the lyrics, right. professional grade. Professional grade lyric, but, but it's not the star. Right. And so with the house that built me, you have the melody and the mm-hmm. lyric that are so equally strong yeah. together that you can just stay out of the way of the whole thing. And this just occurred to me that like, you know, you always say, Brent, let the title mm-hmm. write the song, right? Like, how do you do it? Well, also from a production point, when I'm producing, you got to let the song sort of write the production, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Like how, where, who, what's the star of the show? What are we trying to mm-hmm. feature here? We have to be careful not to get in the way of this or that. And you're trying to service yeah. the song and give it the life that it needs. And so it's interesting to me that a song that's a house that built me, which is so heavy just in the lyric and the melody, that's the way they left it. Mm-hmm. And it was brilliant. And then here's a song that was super, super, super good, but they made it really cool by going super heavy on the energy. So it's produced differently. That production wouldn't work for the house that built me. It wouldn't be needed. It was needed here, but it's absolutely Mm. brilliantly put in. And just listening to those two songs and the difference in why, like, okay, let's just say that, and I'm not tearing this down in any way, shape or form, but if the lyric was super, super heavy, like house Mm. that built me, they might've chosen a different production roadmap. Yeah. You know, yeah, because the emotion of this one, like House It Built Me, is much more introspective, mm-hmm. which doesn't lend itself to the huge big notes in the way that that one is right. constructed, the way that house is built. But this one is, I mean, they're both very emotional, but it's a different kind of emotion. One's heartache versus the kind of introspection mm-hmm. stuff. So form follows function. It's given us a different taste of emotion. And this also is plain to their brand. The dude is a singer and he can do that. So yeah. do that because that's part of the lane they occupy. And not everyone can do that. You're not going to hear Chesney doing that. Chesney's awesome and he's a Hall of Famer. And so that's not a knock on him. He does what he does superbly yeah. well, legendary well, you know, but you're not going to hear him or Tim McGraw do that. But Dan and Shea can do that. And so that's their yep. superpower. And they're leaning hard into it. They started going there with 10,000 hours and some of that stuff. And now this is like distilled all that down into super juice, man. It's like ever clear. 
of that because that's part yep. of the superpower. That's going to stand out on country radio like a sore thumb in a good way. Part of it's the production being so more sparse than a lot of stuff. The other is like, who else is doing that? You did have like Gary LaVox doing some of that stuff over Rascal Flats, but. Yep. Yeah, you did. Kind of taking, occupying that lane. Yep. So yeah, they know who the star of the show is. And they're like, that's really setting their brand, which is really smart. Um, yeah. And you know how I talked about the title being sung very conversationally? I should probably go to bed. You know, it's they sing it kind of like you'd say it with the flow of it. Now, there are some notes that aren't mm-hmm. totally conversational. You know, there's some big notes in there, like the I at the end of the chorus. He holds that I should probably go to yeah. bed. Now, that's held that unnaturally long. Okay, that kind of goes against the it's purely conversational. Because you wouldn't walk up to someone and go, ah, Probably go to bed. And you sure wouldn't do it all this right. I should probably right? go to bed. <laughs> you just say, I should probably go to bed. But they make it a moment, which is my next point is they make moments in this song. So in this one, they mainly accomplish those moments with the melody. They had some big notes, make some great runs, and make some big moments out of this melodically. And you want to give your listeners some moments in your song, right? For these moments. What's that moment someone's going to pump their fist or sit like the dude in the chair with his hair blown back from the speakers? Like, what are some moments in your song? Obviously, not every song needs the same kind of moment as this one. This is built to be this song. Your song will have different types of moments in it because it's a different song. But what are some of those moments? Not only do you want to give the listener some moments to hang on to going, wow, what a vocal blast or what a heartbreaking moment of lyric of honesty or whatever it might be. You also want to give your artist some moments. So if they're a singer's singer, like these dudes are, let them sing. Right. I mean, they wrote this themselves, but they're like, let's have a moment where Dan or whichever one is singing can really just own it and be a star. Like, wow. Let's have that draw dropping moment, right? That American Idol moment, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, give them the leash. Yeah, yeah. Boom, spotlight. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Now, if the artist is more of a storyteller, 
give them a couple of amazing lines to say. That's more like the House of Built Me kind of Miranda thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not known as like a belter, big voice. She's a great singer, but she's more conversational talking to you. Give them some amazing lines to say. So whatever it is that artist does, you want to give them a song that really showcases that. Because honestly, we're writing for singles here. We're not writing for album cuts. Because yep. if you want to make a living, you got to get some singles in there. That's what they're looking for. So you got to give the artist some moments to shine, to really do what they do. And to just, yeah, I can own this, you know, because, you know, Again, the artist wrote this themselves, but you know, they're thinking, oh my gosh, this the whole song is a moment in a concert, but especially these moments in this song are going to be some moments that people go, oh, wow, that was awesome. Yeah. And again, different songs will have different moments. For some, it may be part where everybody's clapping in unison and singing whoa, whoa's. You know, check out Eric Church's live records, you know, Springsteen. Whoa. Yeah. And it just keeps going and going and going. You're just taking the audience on this trip with this song and just expounding upon this. And it's like, it's a moment. So build moments into your songs for your artists and for your fans. It's really super important. So onto the theme, you know, it's a heartbreak song and that fits the melody really well. It feels like if you were to la la that it feels a little melancholy. It doesn't feel like a just pure yeah. happy love song. It it feels like, you know, a melancholy heartbreak song. That's what you would probably feel yeah. if you heard just the track and the la-las, right? So it's important that that feel supports the theme, that they work really well together. Yeah, the curtains have to match the carpeting, right? Like you want that melody to be expressive of the sentiment. Yeah, now, truth be told, there. One thing we say in country is heartache with a beat. Mm -hmm. Like the exception to this is like you can have a heartbreak lyric with a fun feel at times and with a powerful feel and moving lots of energy. You can have like a ballad type lyric in energy. Johnny, you told the story before about the classic rock band Journey, how they wrote everything as ballads and cranked up BPMs, tempos. Yeah. So that would be one case where you can kind of get away with that a lot more. Same thing with the Mavericks in country. Oh, there you go. Yeah, because if you read those lyrics, a lot of them super sad. Yep, super sad, but it's got a beat and you got- Raul um, singing his butt off. That singer, yeah, Raul just crushing it. So, (laughs) I mean, that's a way you can get away with that. But this case, they really work well together. They really work well together. And the theme is universal. That whole seeing an ex thing or thinking you might run into an ex- Pretty universal, yeah. right? I mean, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, and knowing that what's going to happen exactly. You so, who has that someone that they know that they need to avoid if they're going to heal? Like, I cannot see. You know, <laughs> I remember back when I was in college, there was this girl that I was just hung up on for like two years or something ridiculous, and and she was back in my hometown, and I was off at college. And at one point, I was like, I just got to stop coming home because I'd be doing okay, and then I'd see yeah. her at church, and it would wreck me. Yeah, like I just got to yeah. stop coming home, you know. So it's like, did you date her? Was she was she a, somebody you wanted to date, or somebody that was an ex? Oh yeah, somebody I wanted to, and just never really, never quite got okay. there. So, well, you didn't get the opportunity to get locked up in an apartment with her for a weekend. That's what has to happen with you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I talked to my wife, but I made her show up at my house for a week. Visiting her brother, my roommate. <laughs> in the captive. You had to have exactly. a captive audience yeah. to get it to work. I need, a, <laughs> I need more than just reaching frequency. I need captive audience. So <laughs> I need the old broadcast. <laughs> the old broadcast model to put exactly. a family together. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> but like I can relate to that. You know, my breakups were generally pretty mutual. Like I can't relate to the specifics of this, but I can relate to, yeah, I need to not see this person. <laughs> like I should leave yeah. if I think I'm going to be here. How yeah. many people can relate to that? Tons of people, whether it's somebody that they like that doesn't like them back, I need to leave, or they're trying to get over an ex that they were with. There's enough there that you can really grab on to. So I think it's a good universal theme and it's simple, clear, and emotional idea. The idea is simple, clear, and emotional. Like I know my ex is going to show up and it's going to rip the scab right off if I see him tonight. I should probably go to bed. I turn off the phone, call it a night, quit while I'm ahead and just get out of this because I know the wheels have come off at any time. Like if she shows up, I'm done. I should probably go to bed. You know, and so it's super (laughs) simple. Like you don't have to put a lot of thought into it. I've been doing, um, uh, I guess at the time of this, it will have already maybe dropped or something, but I had a lyric pitch event that's gathering up lyrics from the songwriting pro community and going through them to present them to a hit writer to see maybe he wants to co-write on some of this stuff. So again, connecting you to the pros, but you know, going through and reading all these lyrics, a lot of them, you're just kind of reading through and going, wait, what, what's going on? Or you really got to be paying attention or whatever. It's like, no, this is simple. Right over the plate. I get it. It's digestible. Yeah. Which for commercial country, commercial anything, commercial market music, it's good. Like all my friends finally convinced me to get out of the house, to help me forget, to help me move on. Then I heard you're back in town in a crowd of strangers and lovers. Someone told me that you were coming. So I should probably go to bed. I should probably turn off my phone. Yeah. I should probably quit while I'm ahead. I should probably leave you alone because I know in the morning I'll be calling saying sorry for the things I said. So, yeah, I should probably go to bed. <laughs> Well, yeah. all right. I've been there. No, it's like, yeah. yeah, it gets a little more clever in the second verse. So I don't undo the God over you that took so long to find. Because all it would take is seeing your face and I forget I should probably go to bed. In other words, like if I see you, I'm going to forget that I should go to bed and I'm going to stay. Yeah, I'm going to forget that it's I got over true. you because I'm going to be not over you I'm anymore. Stuff like, that yeah. I, going to regret in the morning. So it's simple without being simplistic. It's a deep emotion. It's a real thing. Dude's feeling it, especially if you put that on that melody. He's feeling it, but it's easily digestible. And there are some songs that I dig, like more in the pop or the rock world. We're like, that's amazing. I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. But it feels so good. That's cool. But we don't really get away with that in country. You know, that's not really the country brand. We like to know what the heck you're talking about and feel great. You might be able to get away with great melody and feel in other genres where we don't know what you're talking about. But in country, we like to know what you're talking about. Say it, son. Speak up. You know? Uh, So again, it's keep it simple, songwriter. Simple, clear, emotional idea, well executed. And speaking of simple, they don't get too clever with the language. It's all pretty conversational. I'm all up in my head again. That's conversational. Yeah, well, I like in that part. Can we just talk about that for a second? Because this is something else that's really interesting. The nuance Mm -hmm. in the lyric. This isn't a deep love. It's an obsession. (laughs) Because the bridge is like, before I question my decision, is it love? I know it isn't. Right. Now I'm all up in my head again, because I know I don't have the self-control to walk away Mm -hmm. if you walk in. Like, it's an obsession, right? It's that feeling that you get, but it's like he knows that the light at the end of that tunnel is a train. <laughs> yeah. Or at least like, I know she's not the one. We're not him. meant to be. It's not love. Yeah. But yeah. I'm still hung up on this girl. But still hung up. Yeah. Like, it's still like, oh, uh, like voices in my head. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm overthinking it and I'm telling myself stories. So here's the power of this lyric. My very first 
toxic relationship, right? I think everybody needs to have one. My first toxic relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a couple. But the first one I had, that was a good one. And that was like the deepest one. But she lived in Williams Bay, Wisconsin, which is right on Lake Geneva there. And I was the head bartender at this restaurant that was right on the shore of Williams Bay, across the street okay. from the shore on Williams Bay. And I'm the head bartender, so I'm always out at the bar, and there's a massive picture window, of course, because it's on a lake, so it's overlooking this beautiful lake. And I, after breaking up with this girl finally, and it was like horrible, it broke my heart. Like the first time I think I really got my heart broke. And this is like the lesson where you learn where you think this is exactly what you want in a woman, and then you learn the yeah, opposite. Yeah. It's exactly what you don't want, but you got to figure it out the hard way. And it all came dressed up in really nice clothes yeah. and stuff, you know, but like I would have to be, I swear to God, every time that woman drove through fricking town, I was looking out the window, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I would see her go by in the cars like, yeah. oh, and it just comes back and rips your flesh it's from wrong. bone, you know, because you just saw yeah. her car, who's she with? What's that? You know, and you just go you're obsessed right. like that. by this place on purpose because she wants me to see her. She wants me back. She wants me back. That's why she's driving by because she's thinking about me. I got five different movie scripts going on my head. Like, okay, what does that mean? (laughs) Just that line. I'm all up in my head again. Okay. I get it. Why do I get it? Because I've been all up in my head. And it's conversational. That totally communicated that to me. Yeah, that's it. It's like I totally times have I heard that in a song, all up in my head. I I don't at least not in country, right? But it's totally conversational for the world we're in. That line by itself probably not going to work unless it's set up with the lyrics before it. Exactly. That make it so simplistically communicative. Yeah. Like I went there. Like I went to that feeling. This song made me go to that feeling and remember that. Oh, F you song. Like, <laughs> I don't, I'm not even dating anybody right now. I don't have to feel this right now. Like, <laughs> you know, but that's, wow, that's powerful. So, yeah, it's conversational. I don't have the self-control to walk away if you walk in. So that's a nice little playoff walk. Like, I don't have the control to walk away if you walk in. Oh, they play off the walk, but it's subtle. And most of all, Uh it's true, right? Remember, wordplay can be clever. That's fine, but it still has to be true. And that's why that works, because it's true. Like, I'm not going to walk away if you walk in, and I'll forget that I should probably go to bed. So it works. The other thing is the pictures. Now, they don't slap us in the face with a ton of images in this one. I mean, John, while you were listening, the first thing you said was like, this is a pop song. And pop songs usually don't have as much imagery and stuff. But they do give us enough things to see that we can picture the video. In a crowd full of strangers and lovers, someone told me you were coming. Okay. I I, I can see that. I'm getting a sense of the setting. Like, oh, he's at a party. You know, they told me to get out of the house, and I am. I should probably go to bed. I can see, like, a bed. I should turn off my phone. I see that. If I see your face, if you walk in. So there's enough in here that it feels like this song exists in the real world. Yeah. And think about that. Turn off my phone. She's probably not going to maybe be reaching out to him. But all his buddies are going to be like, dude, she's here. Oh, my God. She looks great. He's going to be cyber stalking her. Like, is she on you know, yeah. she posted about it. She like, who she with? He's going to be getting the report from the street, and he doesn't yeah, want it. Yeah, it you know? be that or just soften or whatever it is. Like, I just need to shut her down for the night. I just need to shut it down. Call it a night, right? Yeah. The whole thing. Quit while I'm ahead. Just go to bed. Go to sleep. I should probably Get some go to unconsciousness. Bed. <laughs> Wake up in the morning. Do it again. So. There's That's enough fair. here that it feels like this song exists in the real world. Now, it's not like a big story song. It's a moment in time song, 
which is also does well yeah. these days. And it's very emotional, but it still has some nice pictures in it, which is important. It's not just telling. It's also doing enough showing. It's not just emoting. There's enough pictures in here that we can kind of anchor us. We can see some stuff on here. It feels a little bit more real, which I think is good. But in conclusion, I think the song has a killer melody that lets the artist shine. It has a few built-in moments, like big notes and runs and stuff, which are like, wow, that's cool. It has a universal theme with a simple conversational language, and it feels real and relatable. So stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah, you want to get a country hit? There you go. I love it. And I want to add this. Like, when you listen to this song, it doesn't matter. If you've heard it already, if you haven't heard it yet, after this, go back and listen to it again. Mm -hmm. And I just want you to study the build. You know, study the choices they made in production. Like, what's there? Mm-hmm. What's not there? You know, when do the drums come in? Like, how do they keep the momentum going, the movement going? It's the melody that drives the whole thing. It gave them a lot of latitude, a lot of leash to pull other stuff away that you would normally mm-hmm. have to have to keep that yeah. tempo going, right? But because the melody in this case, like you said, is the star and it drove it. And then just listen to how they added in. Like, what did they add in first? Like, background vocals, some strings, and then... How long did it take them to get to the heavy stuff? And how long did the heavy stuff last? Just study the production on this along with the song structure and the melody and just take that in. It is a brilliant journey to go down. It seems simple, but simple is hard. Yeah. To me, it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. You know, sometimes I'm not a fan of like over singing and showing. I'm not a vocal fan. Like, you know, like give me the song. Tell me something interesting, compelling. You don't need to add 15 notes to it. But this works for me because I don't think he overdoes it. And that's all just a taste thing. Some singers, I'm like, okay, just freaking just tell me the story and stop using 15 notes to say we could do in two. That's just personal preference. But I dig this. And some of those vocals makes it a moment. This is just like, how could it be any other way? This feels like a smash. Yeah, it is. Because it has those moments. It's just, (laughs) how do you build those into your own song? How do you build those moments? In? Yeah, and it starts with the writing. I this mean, this happens because of the way it was written. Yeah, exactly. How do you write that in? Incredible. Yeah. So, hey, I got a gift for y'all. It's called Think Like a Pro Songwriter. It's an ebook. You can get it for free. Just tell me where to send it. I'll send it off to you. You can get it at songwritingpro.com slash gift. That is songwritingpro.com slash gift. So just go to songwritingpro.com. You'll see it up there at the top toolbar. If you can't remember the word gift, look for the word that says free gift. (laughs) And just tell me where to send it. I'll send it out to you. Just kind of distill some of the lessons I've gotten over the years in the music business to kind of help you on your journey there. There you go, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of another killer climb episode. Join the climb community. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating and review. Tell a friend about it. This podcast exists for one reason. We want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 